Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers. Uh, we've got Don Reed with us. How you doing, Don? I'm doing great, Lucas. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm stoked that you're here with us, man. So today we kind of, we've got a few questions, but all under the umbrella of counseling. Okay. So you've been doing counseling for a long time. I have, yeah. It's been um, uh, something I've picked up early on in my my uh, professional career and uh, did some schooling education to increase my knowledge about that and yeah I've really enjoyed uh, that opportunity I find that to be a, a place where I feel like as people come in and sit down and we work through issues that they're experiencing and I see them taking steps and finding freedom yeah uh, it's just really rewarding so it's been a delight to be a part of people's lives in that fashion oh man absolutely so yeah. l- l- we'll hop back a little bit so tell us about you and your wife and you yeah. got you got yeah. a couple grown kids yeah. and all that and yeah absolutely so uh, my wife and I met uh, we were working together in the same ministry uh, we found each other and dated a little bit after we had started working together found each other and you know kind of developed a relationship, dated yeah. for about two years, I suppose, and then married. We married in uh, the summer of 1981. Okay. So this summer coming up, this year, uh, 2021, it'll be 40 years together. That's awesome, man. We've raised two boys together. Uh, my oldest is uh, mid-30s now. Uh, he's just wrapping up his uh, licensed professional counselor's uh, degree. That's awesome. And will be in practice soon, I'm sure. And my younger son uh, finished his degree in geology. He's in his 30s as well. Uh, finished his degree in geology, and he's uh, working in the field of geology. That's so awesome. anyway, yeah, so we're empty nesters and yeah. enjoying the season of life where, you know, it's a little quieter in our home at times and such like oh, that. Oh, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. And you've been pastor on staff for, I mean, you did a couple yeah. other other gigs before yeah. becoming Austin yeah. Oaks. But. Yeah, so my first, um, just kind of out of college, my first experience uh, in the workforce, uh, I was working in the Christian camping uh, environment. I started out kind of at the uh, entry level you know, where they said pretty much whatever nobody else wants to do, that's what you get to do. <laughs> sure. That was my job description. It all fit like on a, a postcard, you know. And and, yeah. and then um, over the years, I continued to take on more responsibilities and ended up spending about 20, 21 years in that field. And I left it. I was the executive director of one of the larger camps in the state of Texas and uh, independent in nonprofit Christian camps yeah. in the state of Texas. And I moved to Austin. Uh, in 97, I think it was, and I was with an organization, it was a startup ministry, worked as their chief operations officer, and then left that, was self-employed for about four or five years uh, in the financial services world, Uh, and then uh, we were attending Austin Oaks during that whole time uh, that we moved to Austin, and uh, opportunity presented itself uh, in 2003 uh, to join the, uh, the, the AOC staff. Yeah. And I came on as pastor of, uh, children's ministries. And then the next year I kind of expanded it a little bit more and it was children and family ministries. Yeah. And then in another year or two after that, uh, I moved more toward focusing on the family ministry mm. and I began to see some issues going on in, in the kids. And as I explored a little further into it, I could see that those issues were really more than the kids issues. They dealt with the family, yeah. the family unit. Mm-hmm. And I became interested in, in what's going on there. And I started to invest in families and, you know, come alongside, particularly dads trying to, you know, connect with them, see what was going on you know, that I could be helpful and, and all for their kids. And I handed off the children's ministry portion, the day-to-day function of the children's ministry to another uh, another staff member. And then I was more focused on 
the actual uh, um, family side of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And then over time, I, I began to move further away from, you know, just doing that and more into the whole counseling you know, realm. I went back to school, uh, finished a master's degree in pastoral counseling, and I have been able to use those skills in working with families and, and others, you know, not just families, yeah. but others too, for sure uh, along those lines. So that's, that's kind of awesome. the, that's kind of been the history, you know, up to this point. Yeah. So been on staff, uh, um, uh, at, at the end of 2020, uh, I completed 17 years on staff and, uh, now into that 17th year moving, you know, our 18th year, I guess now moving into 2021. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, well, cool. Well, let's dive in here. Yeah. We got a few questions under the umbrella of counseling, but just so, you know, what are some, um, if, as someone who specializes in counseling, um, you know, what, when it comes to like biblical counseling and getting right. pastoral counseling, like, like what is, how is that different maybe from like a secular yeah. counselor? Yeah, Cause not all counseling is the same. Exactly. I mean, that's a real important uh, distinction that yeah. you're making because uh, they're not all the same and, and uh, pastoral counseling or biblical counseling. And I would put those kind of in the same realm. Uh, it, it has more of a focus on what does scripture say yeah. and how do you apply scripture uh, to whatever the issue is and, and help that person move forward, get traction in yeah. whatever they're struggling with, get traction, but do it in a biblically sound way. Yeah. Now, the counterpart of that, which would be secular, secular counseling, that takes some, um, some models or some theories of counseling. And, and I'm not saying those are wrong or bad. For sure. Uh, but they're human they're human constructs, yeah. and and then people work through that, and and some people get great results with those. So again, I'm not I'm not saying that's bad or wrong or yeah. inappropriate or unhealthy, uh, and some people really do get good traction with it. But for believers, uh, my belief is my my what I hold to is that Scripture has the answers yeah. that we need, Absolutely. and if we can lean into that and apply that then we can get some traction in those, those kinds of things. And there's some areas where uh, biblical counseling needs to partner with, with other uh, resources. For example, if somebody is struggling with, with something that's a uh, psychiatric type of a problem, yeah. then some of the constructs of, of the psychiatric world coming alongside and partnering with the biblical approach uh, can really be uh, most beneficial where, yeah. you know, the biblical approach alone may leave some, you know, some uh, things unaddressed, just like a medical issue. For sure. If, if somebody is dealing with a, a medical issue and, and they are, you know, prescribing uh, things out of scripture and leaning into that, but they're not doing the medical side of it. Yeah. They, they could be leaving some things unaddressed. Yeah, taking some antibiotics because you're sick may be a really wise exactly. idea. Exactly. Um, and praying for the Lord to, right. you know, heal you and all that. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that as being a bad thing. Um, exactly. Exactly. If your leg is cut off and you have the ability to call somebody to say, "Could you come and get me?" Yeah. That just seems to be a really wise idea. It, it would be what you would <laughs> want to do, right? <laughs> now, like, so what, like, you know you deal with people all the time that come in and need, need biblical counseling, pastoral yeah. counseling on a variety of things. Exactly. And so I, like if somebody says, you know, I think I may need some counseling, right. what would be a couple of steps that you would recommend? And maybe we can talk specifically yeah. to our church family mm -hmm. when we, when we say this, um, 
so let's just say somebody is a part of Austin Oaks or in, in our area. Right. And they're like, hey, like, what steps would I take yeah. in order to get the counseling that I need? Yeah, yeah. Well, Lucas, the, uh, typically what, what I see is a person is, is hit some area of life and, and they're just, they're finding like, I can't get traction. I yeah. cannot move forward. Everything I do, it's like I'm trying to call, crawl out of a hole yeah. and, and I just keep sliding back down to the bottom yeah. and I can't seem to get traction. I can't move. That typically is what brings a person to the place where they say, I need outside help. Yeah. And they can come in, uh, we sit down, um, and we get, begin to kind of think through and talk through what are the issues. And and what I've discovered, and, and this is, shouldn't be real surprising, I think most people would, would probably listen to this and go, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, whatever the presenting issue is, what brings the person through the door yeah. is, is almost 100% of the time not the issue. Yeah. It, it, there's something else going yeah. on. Yeah. If they come to you and say, "Hey, I'm really angry all the time," like, exactly. well, there's something else that's causing that, and it's probably a sinful thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Or there's something that's influencing that, or leaning in on them from outside. They're feeling a pressure from uh, some other source, yeah. and and all, and and the outflow of it, or the way it's being expressed, is mm. in anger, or in depression, yeah. or in anxiety. Uh, so there's something that underlies the presenting issue For sure. that brings that to the surface. And that's the key of being able to, to kind of do the backtracking with that person and ask the right questions. And that that's part of the skill set of counseling is what are the right questions to begin to ask yeah. listening. Uh, and, and I try to, I try to approach counseling with a, I'm going to talk maybe 10 to 15% of the time yeah. and, and listen the rest of the time. For sure. And I try to ask a lot of open ended questions uh, I ask questions about, tell me, a uh, question might be, well, tell me more about this yeah. and whatever that might be, yeah. uh, their, their marital situation or the issue they're, they're, they're experiencing with their child or, or something like that. Tell yeah. me more about that. Help me understand it more deeply. Uh, when does it occur? And, and again, it's open-ended, a lot of response from them. I'm just listening. Uh, I try to make a few notes on things that are really uh, key. And then we begin to kind of change gears and, and we say, well, what does scripture uh, apply? How, how can we look at scripture? What, what examples do you know? Yeah. What, was Jesus involved with anyone where this particular thing seemed to be similar to what you're experiencing, you know, and for sure. And, and then how did he address that? What was his input on that? And we work together to kind of think those things through. Uh, prayer is a huge part of, of what I do in the counseling experience with people. Uh, I, I, I believe that uh, our adversary is alive. He's active. He desires to uh, be the obstruction yeah. in people's lives and uh, hold them back from enjoying the fullness of life. What Jesus speaks, the abundance of life. Uh, he, he's dedicated to saying, I'm going to rob as much as I can yeah. that abundance. So prayer is the real uh, solution 
in that regard. For sure. We, we spend time, we, we pray specifically over those particular issues that, that, that God would intervene, that he would stop, you know, that he would yeah. silence the voice of, sure. of the adversary so that that person can begin to find, you know, more freedom. Absolutely. And, yeah. So if a person in our church said, you know, and, and they're at that point where there's something that's causing them, like, man, I need extra help. Maybe just talking with their friends isn't enough, or maybe even within their own small group or Bible study. And they're like, you know, I really just need that extra, like help. what, what steps would you encourage yeah. them to go to in order yeah. to get to the place where they have somebody that can help them. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great question. So a person is feeling something going on. I mean, it's a good starting point, you know, tell somebody, talk to somebody. Uh, If you're in a small group uh, that there's, there's wisdom in in the council of of believers, you know? Uh, So there could be people that can come along. They could see things maybe that are a blind spot to that person that they're not able to see. They're too close. It's just like, I can't see the forest because of all these trees. You know, sure. and all. Yeah. So in a small group, if they were to speak up and they were to say, you know, this, this is going on like in a, a couple small group, if there's a marital issue and the wife talks with the other women in the group or the husband talks with the other guys in the group and they were to say, you know, guys, I'm struggling. This is what's going on. And, and all those guys around them, if it's a biblically sound, solid, you know, small group, they can, they can begin to speak into that. Yeah. But if the person eventually comes to the place going, I'm hearing this counsel, the wisdom of, of my brothers or, or sisters uh, in counsel, and I'm not feeling like we're moving forward, then, then bringing it to a place where somebody who, who may be able to uh, take deeper steps could could really be uh, an important deal. The thing that I think works against most people, uh, and and I see this pretty often actually, is people are struggling, but they've kept it quiet. Yeah. They, they they don't share. Oh, yeah. And and when I ask questions, going so tell me about how long this has been going on. How long you've been feeling this way? And I hear responses like years or or you know, even sometimes even more. Yeah. My my heart sometimes is is just feeling like how sad. That you didn't, you know, that, that you've lived this long and you've felt this way and, and help is available to you, but you chose not to. Yeah. And that can come from different sources. It could be pride or, or embarrassment yeah. or shame, you know, of saying this is what's going on. And, and that's part of the counseling process as you're working through issues when the, particularly, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, when there's an underlying sin issue yeah. going on and you begin to probe into those areas, you ask those questions and, and the, uh, the truth starts to come out. You can, you can yeah. see that there's shame. And of course, you know, I, you would agree. I, I, I believe that our, our God doesn't desire that we live with shame, hmm. that we, that we deal with it, that For we, sure. that we deal with the sinfulness uh, that we're struggling in yeah, uh, and that we get freedom from that, but that we don't have to live in, in shame. Yeah. And, and also, so that's one of the, that's one of the beautiful parts of the counseling experience Absolutely. with people is to see them finally, um, and, and as we know, confession is, is soothing to the soul as they begin to say, yes, this is a choice that I've made. Yeah. It is confession in a sense and the freedom, the, the, the bondage that starts to break off of them at that point, the weight that's lifted. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's life giving for me, you for know, it's sure. life giving to see them, you know, finally, 
being able to say yes. And, and that's also empowering to coming to a conclusion of that particular sinful, you know, uh, uh, life of, of what they've chosen yeah. is once they begin to confess it and, and, and all, then it's kind of like now I'm, I'm free to, to reject it and to move away from it. But, For sure. but that, that uh, secret, keeping it hidden, trying to keep it below the surface, that is what is the, the, the chain that holds people into that sin. Yeah. And it's what allows that sin to continue to, to replenish. So yeah. counseling done well and inappropriately uh, is, is a place where people can, can break free. Of For that. Sure. And in that process, uh, the way I, I tried to approach it, and I look at the model of Jesus. I mean, how many times did he encounter somebody who was brought to him? I think about, you know, the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and was brought out to him yeah. and, and all uh, the woman at the well, John chapter four, uh, others uh, throughout scripture where Jesus deals with compassion for the one uh, that was sinning, yeah. excuse me, and, and all, uh, he deals with it. Uh, he doesn't dismiss the sin. He doesn't wink and nod at it as if it's unimportant. He says to the woman caught in the act of adultery after they had all uh, her accusers had left woman, where are those who accuse you? And she says, well, they're gone. And he says, well, I don't condemn you either. Yeah. Go, but stop yeah. you know, sinning. Stop doing what you're For doing. Sure. And, and, all. and, and in a counseling arrangement, helping a person feel that, okay, the sin that I've chosen isn't okay, uh, but there's no condemnation for that. Uh, I'm still loved. I'm still valued. The The sin has to stop, but but I'm still loved. I'm valued. Yeah. I'm not kind of like, oh, that's what, okay, well, you're in that category over here for now sure. and separated away. Yeah. And that's empowering to people to, to know that I can still be loved. I can still be, be embraced. Um, but I, I've got this issue, and I've got to, I've got to, I've got to leave it. I've yeah. got to step away from this. But I'm still important here. Absolutely. Yeah. So if there is somebody in our church and like, hey, I need to get to, I need to start meeting with somebody. Like, how, how would they go about doing that? Though, yeah. like, do they just call the office and then like set a time yeah. with you or? Yeah. And so, like, let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully, they're there. And they're, they're at that point. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I need to, I need to, you know to get some biblical pastoral counseling. Yeah. So what's that next step? And what, yeah. what does that, that process normally look like? Yeah, it's real simple. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, um, the process is they can either call the office uh, and ask, you know, for me. Yeah. Uh, or they can send me an email. Uh, either, either of those are probably the, the first way in. Um, I call back or, or re- reply. We, we look at our calendars. We schedule a time that works, you know, conveniently for both. And then, um, you know, they come in. Everything is 100% confidential. Uh, I, I share that in our very first session, you know, that whatever you share in this office with me stays here in this office. I don't step out of the office after you leave and, you know, talk about it with other people outside. Yeah. If somebody says, Oh, I saw so-and-so into your office, you know, what were they there for? I, I don't answer the question. Yeah. I tell them, sorry, you know, a lot of the things that are discussed in my office have to remain confidential for and, sure. And all, <clears throat> I don't go home. I don't discuss it with my wife. You know, don't say, you know, so-and-so came in today and yeah. sat down with me for these, you know, so <laughs> she's learned over the years not to ask the question. Yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, and all of that. So it's 100% confidential. We look at the issue that's going on. And I, I tried to do some uh, discovery, I guess, at that point. So tell me, Lucas, why are you here today? What's going on? And and then you share with me what you are feeling. And then I do uh, kind of an analysis, uh, analysis, kind of a high altitude look at it. And I go, is this something that's really more pastoral? Or is this something that may require longer-term therapy? Hmm. If it's longer-term therapy, um, then I would probably want to move toward a referral because you would normally meet with somebody like like up yeah. to six eight six, times maybe eight times okay sometimes more if, yeah if uh, we feel like we're making good progress but we're not quite there yeah we can extend it but generally kind of a rule of thumb pastoral counseling is less than 10 sessions okay and and all so if it looks like from the onset this is something that may lo- be longer or if i begin to think Based on the history of what I'm hearing, this could be a deeper psychiatric type of a deal. There could be a bipolar situation going on here or a depression that's not just a situational depression, but it's more of a clinical depression. This person has been struggling with depression all their life. Their mother, their father, their grandparent, you know, struggled with depression. It runs in the family. It's more clinical than I would begin to say, I know people, and I've got a list of of professional counselors that are out in the the close-by area, and I know kind of what their their strengths are. This one does this kind of work, and this one does this kind of work. And I I would say, let me refer you in and and help them make that connection and get in to to find other, other deeper uh, resources that can go longer. Yeah. Yeah. Is is counseling like... I mean, is it for everybody? Is it yeah. like, is it, is it a bad, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I'm, no. I'm doing a master's degree in biblical counseling because I, because I think it's, you know, it's pretty important to be able to take scripture and to apply that to people's lives exactly. to deal with, exactly. you know, yeah. um, and so like, let's, I feel like, especially for guys, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I'm not a real man yeah. if I go yeah. to counseling yeah. like this for the sissies yeah. and yeah um yeah or, there's, there's, or they may just use cultural things like that they see on tv and they think that i'm gonna lie down in a chair yeah. and you know just just people just assume those things yeah. you know yeah no doubt no doubt so kind of a it's, it's more tongue-in-cheek but uh, but i look at it go there's there's you know two classes of people in the world there are those people that need counseling and they've recognized it and there are those people who need counseling and they don't know it yet. Yeah, and that's for sure. It, you know, so yeah. and it's tongue in cheek, of course. But I think uh, you know, people, all people, need somebody to come alongside of them at some point in their yeah. life. And and for most of us, it's at more than one point. Yeah, it's at multiple points. For sure, it's not a weakness. Uh, again, this is again a higher altitude kind of view. But I believe that that by design. We are designed to be in community with the, with others. Yeah. I mean, you look at the triune God who is the creator, and we are created in his image, yeah. and he is a triune God. He is not a solo, single, I'm all by myself out here yeah. God. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They have existed uh, co-eternally yeah. and, and have been in, in fellowship and in relationship with one another you know, from eternity past. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, we're created in their image. And I think by design, we are created 
with that need for relationship and to be engaged with one another. Before the fall, before Genesis 1, so we had like two chapters of, of life being as it was supposed to be, yeah. and then it all fell apart, and yeah. the rest of the Bible is the result of that, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, but in those first two chapters, as God would interact with both Adam and Eve, uh, I mean, it was, it was perfection. It, there was nothing that they could want that they didn't already have. There was nothing more. They, they had full fellowship with the, with the Creator God. He walked with them. He, he spoke with them. There was nothing that inhibited that relationship. Yeah. And then sin entered in and all was broken. And, and from that moment, passed down uh, from generation to generation, things have been broken. Yeah. My relationship with God was broken. My relationship with others has been broken. And my relationship even with myself yeah. has been broken by sin. And that's where counseling comes in it's because there's brokenness and that brokenness can be addressed hmm. uh, and and it can be it, it can it, it can be worked on toward being repaired i don't yeah. know that it's ever finally repaired in this world <laughs> for sure yeah but, but but it can be worked on toward that that objective and people can can find freedom marriages can be can be fixed yeah and and part of that is saying I, I want to move back in the direction that God had designed initially. I have to lay down some of my self-centeredness uh, and and think more about others than I'm thinking about me. Yeah. And and that I mean, when you think about it, that's the essence of what God did, right? Yeah. I mean, for God so loved the world, he, he he thought more of the world. He sent His Son. Yeah. Instead of thinking of himself, he could have thought more of himself going, you know, we got it pretty good here in yeah. the heavenlies. We've got each other and, you know. Absolutely. But he thought more of his creation. Jesus even made these statements that he came to serve, not not to be served, but to serve, to lay down his life, you know, as a ransom yeah. for for the world. Yeah. So so that taking that picture and Helping people move more toward that is a place where healing yeah. you know, starts to happen. For sure. And maybe, you know, some people don't want to be a part of counseling or think they don't need it. Maybe because they don't fully understand, like, what you know, what is the purpose yeah. of counseling? And, you know, and some people are going to, like we talked about, are going to get it for maybe six, eight, ten sessions. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple times in their lifetime. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's, right. you know, it's more than that. I mean, we all go through crazy stuff in life and... Um, I know we had some conversations when we went from two kids to four kids because right. we were fostering, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I need to talk to somebody before I go yeah. crazy, yeah. you know. And so um, so maybe what is the purpose of getting counseling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it would be individual uh, when a person is feeling like the way that I am existing right now is, is it, there, there's something missing. Yeah. There's something I need. Uh, I'm I'm not feeling fulfilled, or I'm I, I don't like the way I feel right now. I'm feeling anger, or anxiety, or I feel depressed. I don't like that. Yeah. I want something different. There's got to be something better, and and that that internal deal. So it's a different driver, I think, for different people. For sure, that would bring them into the office. But, yeah, but uh, but it's that I think the underlying of that is. Uh, I'm I'm tired. I am so tired yeah. of the this 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 deal. And and it could be a sin issue. I'm so tired of kind of being on this treadmill where I feel like I I never 
get free of yeah. it. I, I confess, I tell God how sorry I am. And then tomorrow I'm, I find myself back, you know, doing the same thing all over yeah, again. Yeah, for sure. And, and other people, it could be, I, I just, I feel so tired. I'm just tired of, you know, living with a, a, a marital partner and, and feeling a constant level of anger or mm. um, underlying, you know, uh, we're, we're, not together and, and all, uh, and, and that's what it is. It, it typically is something that builds with people until it hits a threshold where they come to a place where they say, I, I just got to do something different. I yeah. can't, I can't exist this way. It's, yeah. it's wearing me down for sure. And, and that typically is where they, they come in. Now then I think, you know, if, if we're, if, if we're trying to be in tune with our own emotions, kind of reading the gauges on, on the, yeah. you know, on the, on the dashboard a little yeah. bit, if we're trying to, to keep up with that, how am I, and we're asking ourselves those questions, you know, how am I, I mean, honestly, how am I feeling? You know, am, am I doing well? Am I, am I struggling right now? Uh, we can, we can begin to detect that need, you know, to, to maybe bring somebody else into our world sooner than later yeah and if we do that just like with a medical deal if i can discern i've got something going on that's medically a problem i discern it sooner uh, then the treatment may not be as severe for sure or as long yeah. you know requirement so so that that's a key it's kind of a self-help key of, of trying to read the gauges in mm. herself and and go yeah i'm I, I feel like i've been struggling with this i might you know I might go ahead and just ask somebody for some help. For and, sure. And all. So anyway, so uh, yeah, so it's different things that people feel they, they respond at different times. But, you know, my, in my thinking, sooner is always better than waiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what would you say, like somebody that like, you know, like, I don't need to go to counseling. I don't need that. I can just talk to my friends about mm-hmm. my issues. And that yeah. may, that may yeah be enough yeah, it could be um yeah but in my experience um often when i have conversations with other people in my life they're not driving me back to mm-hmm. scripture as much as what i what like pastoral counseling is mm-hmm. going to do right. um and even in you know even often i i don't like you know with me kind of pursuing getting you know looking at um, you know, doing the degree in pastoral counseling, biblical counseling is not because I want to like sit in a room with people in which, you know, sometimes I do, I don't do that near as much as what you do, but I, d- I do a ton of informal counseling right. where people are just like, you know, Lucas, like I've, I've got this issue, man. I've kind of been angry, yeah. you know, and then, you know, and so there, and students just ask me a lot of just informal like counseling questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I probably need to be more ready to yeah. counsel people. And they don't view that as counseling. Like right. they're not, right. they're just asking me a question, but sure. on my end, I'm thinking they're asking me a counseling question. They are. And yeah. so, um, so why would, would somebody that would say, well, I don't want to do counseling because I can just talk with my friend mm-hmm. about my issues. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say yeah. to that? Yeah. So, so your friend might, like, I, you've already said this and I agree with you. Uh, your friend might be really a good person to talk with. Yeah. Um, for, for a believer, uh, I think you have to be discerning mm-hmm. and, and you should be discerning about really everything you, you allow to influence your thinking, uh, whether it's through the television or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. So discernment is really, I think a key here, but, uh, if you're friends and a lot of times friends, because they love you and, and they're connected to you, uh, 
they be, they can begin to take up your offense. Yeah. So for a, an example might be if um, if if a, a husband and a wife are struggling, and and the husband hangs out with his friends or the wife with her friends, and and they kind of share what's going on. You tend to share it from your perspective mm-hmm. as the victim. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So my husband never helps out around the house, you know, and I have to do all the work, you know, or yeah. my wife is, you know, and, 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 and those people that you're sharing it with tend to relate well in that regard and they take up that offense and they're like, yeah, you shouldn't take that from that person anymore. You should, you should lay down the law. You should, you know, yeah. and, and that may not be the best counsel right there. Yeah. Since that is not yeah. a biblical perspective, exactly. <laughs> they're not even like using exactly. a Bible verse to even right. back up what they're right. saying, you know? Right. So in, in a counseling session, the counselor, a good counselor listens, but doesn't take a side. Yeah. And, and they're like, okay, so I hear you saying this about your spouse. Uh, you know, let's talk about how have you responded to that and, yeah. and what can you do? Because there's things you can change in life. I mean, this is just common sense, right? Yeah. There's things you can change in life and there are things you cannot change. For sure. I can change things about me and how I respond and how I think. I can't change a single thing about you, yeah. how you think, what you are going to say or do or whatever. Yeah. So I, I can change these kinds of things. So in a counseling session, uh, and, and if it's a problem where a spouse comes in, their, their spouse doesn't join them, just one is in, then you focus a lot on, well, what can you do? Yeah. You list, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like a hard situation. So what can we do? For you know, sure. What are the options here? Yeah. And and those things are limited to what can you, the one sitting in the office, what can you do? Yeah. And and then how can that spill over to the one who's not present here today? Absolutely. And if you can bring both of them in, then you can begin to to work toward what do you both need to do to change? Yeah. And and how can you change? And and I ask that question. I'm, I mean, I send people home sometimes with homework. Depends on the circumstance. Sure. But I may go back and say, okay, well, uh, today, uh, before we get together again, I'd like you to go home. I'd like you to write down on a piece of paper that you will bring back with you next time you come back. Yeah. And and uh, and and I want you to write down these are the three things that I think I am doing in our relationship that contribute most to the problems yeah. that we experience. Yeah, for sure. And, and it makes people look at, you know, what's going on inside. Uh, the tendency is if you could just fix my spouse over there, everything would be perfect. Yeah. Just fix them and we're good to go. And, yes. and the truth is it, it takes two to tango and, yes. and there's problems on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And, and we got to get people looking at what am I doing that kind of contributes to this problem yeah. that we experience. And, and then once they've shared that, uh, then I say, okay, well now let's talk about what things need to change yeah. so that you're working on those two, three, whatever it was issues. What do you need to do to change those so that this problem doesn't yeah. you know, continue? And, and then we're, we're kind of putting fire. I mean, uh, water on the fire versus gasoline for sure on the fire. Absolutely. So, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, such so a little bit of the approach, um, you know, that, that would be, I think, helpful yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And I think often, I think people feel that 
well, I'm not an expert, so I don't have anything to offer. Yeah, yeah. And we know yeah. that Scripture says the right. exact opposite. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's a good point. So, would yeah. want to just encourage listeners to like, hey, like, if if you want to, you know, be able to share biblical wisdom and advice to help somebody out of an issue, like, look at what the Scripture has to say. Yeah about, you know, a conversation you have with your buddy and you can, and you can say, Hey, like, I'd love to talk, talk with you more about that. Yeah. Here's let's, here's some scripture passages that we can look at. If the scripture has the authority that I think that it does, I would agree. Uh, then, uh, you know, I can't help but encourage any believer to say, Hey, you may not be an expert, but I mean, I don't, even the experts aren't like, they're not perfect. Like they make mistakes and they're still, they still got to learn and grow and develop. And so it's like, well, in reality, if the church were to say, okay, I've got this buddy that's asking me for wisdom or advice, and I look at the scripture, and we have some intentional conversations about that, and mm-hmm. basically, here's what the Word of God says. Let's live that out. Right. Here's here's what it says about me and the issue that I'm having, and so let's let's pursue Christ in this. Exactly. I mean, if the church were to were to do that, individual believers, then. Um, you know, maybe maybe you wouldn't be as busy. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, be okay. You know, and so, it's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and you know, along that same line, Lucas, I'm I'm thinking that if somebody were to come to a, a friend and and they don't necessarily view themselves as all that scripturally, yeah, you know, knowledgeable. There's, you know, maybe they're they're younger in the faith or they just haven't haven't read scriptures. Yeah, as, and and they come, they say, you know, I've been really struggling with this and. And all, and and the person that they're speaking to is sitting there going, "Man, I, I don't have anything. I don't know anything, you know, to tell you out of scripture." Uh, a, a good way, uh, which a lot of us in the pastoral world even use at times, is to say, "You know what? Why don't we take a week and just look yeah. into what scripture says, and and try to discover what it says, yeah. and then let's talk next Friday." And is that okay? Can we set that up? And and all and that kind of gives you that moment to go. Okay, well, I don't have an answer in the in the second. Yeah, yeah. You know, but we're standing here right now. I don't yeah. have a good answer for you. And it gives some time, and you can either, you know, go to some commentaries or go to some uh, reference guides or yeah. you know pick up the phone and call one of your church pastors yeah. or you know whatever and say you know I'm, I don't know exactly how to answer this, but this is what, you know, and get some kind of guidance. Yeah. And then when you talk to that person, you've got some, some knowledgeable way to, to respond. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I always encourage people don't, don't keep it in, you know, yeah. God's design is that we are in community. We yeah. are, we are with each other. We are talking to each other. We are bearing one another's burdens. We yeah. weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. It's the Christian life in particular, but human existence as well yeah. is meant to be done in community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Don, yeah. for your time. Yeah, and, man, it's been great. Thank you. Yes, yeah, and for anybody listening, you know, if you're like, hey, I need to, uh, you got a buddy you need to start talking yeah. to and get some biblical wisdom advice on or you know, there's plenty of pastors here on staff here exactly. that are that are here to help yeah. you. And so, yeah. as you know, Pastor Don said, like you, like you need to get on this a lot sooner than later. Absolutely. Like it ain't going to get any Absolutely. better if you don't deal with it. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that's a good thing. I just want to emphasize that there are a lot of people on our staff, pastoral staff, and others that are in uh, directors of ministries that yeah. don't don't have the title pastor for one reason or another. But there are a lot of people on 
uh, the Austin Oaks church staff uh, that are capable of helping. And so picking up the phone, if you're close to one of those people, um, that's a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Um, Well, for those of you listening, thanks so much. Appreciate you guys and your desire to listen. So thanks for joining us for the House on Fire podcast. Uh, Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we will see you all next time.